Blog Talk Radio. Presenting yourselves on this battlefield. I give you thanks. This is our army. To join it, you give homage. I give homage to Scotland. And if this is your army, why does it go? We didn't come here to fight for them. Oh, the English are too many. you wrote it big enough? Mm-hmm. Yes, old King George should be able to see that. <laughs> when 
and in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another. A decent respect requires that they declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. And whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to establish new government. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, do and with the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these United Colonies are, and of right ought to be, free and independent states. That they are absolved of all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved. In the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Burning in hell, 
Um, so, but he's no longer with us, and, and many have, have come before him, and, and there'll be many more of these these antichrists, these, these these people that want this one world order, thinking that man can achieve this utopia, one world government that we can control everybody, limit the population, and all the bottom feeders will do what they're told to do, and individual liberty and individual character and creation and creativity will be subjected to rule by the elite, people that have uh, uh, bloodlines of uh, ancestry that they feel they're privileged and they're above everyone and, and they have everything figured out and they're in touch with the the other side, uh, these, these demonic forces, whatnot, witchcraft, whatever they practice, all different elements of Freemasonry, Illuminati, Knights Templar, all these places that I've, I've witnessed and, and spoken to these people over the years and they believe that they have the connection to the other side where they can have this utopia and it all goes back to their father Nimrod, really, who uh, you know where they and the Tower of Babel, and they can be like gods themselves, and they can have this one world, this planet, and control everything. And human life is there uh, to their to their desire to do what they will and what they want with. And they are trying to achieve that through their technology, through control, through their wars, through their technology that they have. It's just it's incredibly insane. Um, and there's no submission to God. There's no authority. There's no higher authority. And they believe they can win. They honestly do because they're convinced of their de demons, demonic people that they are in touch with. Now, I'm talking about the higher elites that actually have conversations with these devils or whatever they are. I don't know what they are. But they, but, uh, they manifest themselves sometimes in the, in the flesh. And, and they, they, it's true. They talk. It, it, it's witchcraft. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. But it's evil. It's pure evil. It has no love, no kindness, no conscience whatsoever. And these people are, 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 are really influenced. And they make call all the shots. And they've gained control over many, many years of fighting and conquering people. But the founders of our republic were, knew this, the tyranny that stood against them. And they were blessed. And, <clears throat> and obviously they had divine intervention. They stood up against the, the tyrannical machine, the, the British Empire at the time. And they had divine providence. They were... They were so blessed. I mean, they the the largest military in the world. They took on with with pitchforks and uh, muskets, and they were able to establish a, a new world, a new government over here that was free, where we'd all be able to to be free and and, and and stake our claim on the land and and not have to be subjected to having to be slaves. But to, but we find ourselves now in 2022, pretty much slaves. We are all enslaved. And they've got everything cut out and twisted so far that it's hard to overcome it. It's hard to change the system. It's hard to, to wake people up. Uh, I mean, they have us through the medical field. They have us through technology, entertainment, the drugs, the hypnosis, the, everything. It's been all figured out in, the, in this, this, this super technology. They have AI. I mean, they, they have human robots walking amongst, amongst us. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. And whatever I'm saying is true. It can be verified and looked up. And if you've studied it long enough and you've understood it long enough and the light bulb has been on and you're not looking under a rock everywhere for a Freemason or, or some ghost or you're not trying to punch ghosts in the sky and take on a war with with a with a government that you're not going to win with, or you don't know who you're fighting up against, you can you can know this and be blessed and understand this, and you have to pick your battles carefully. But there's a lot of but again, we get into the patriot movement, and we get into this this foundation, this belief of the founders of uh, we want to recapture that freedom, uh, that that greatness, that freedom, that that spirit of of resistance, the tyranny, um, and and we stumble and trip and fall over our own stupid ways 
And one of those ways is through, the, through their courts, through their paperwork, through uh, our status. We think we could declare our status and become this and be free. And some people, they study for years and years, and they, get in there and they become bookworms, and they think they've got it, and they don't. The key to success is not that. We've unlocked the keys and what we have to do to be free on this podcast show many times over the years where we have in-depth discussions with some very, very great people, and I've done it in private with people also. Now, we had the Republic on here, and we've had the Republic, and the Republic, uh, some questions have arisen with me and the Republic, and what has really lawfully been restored? Are these people that we've had on here really wholeheartedly dedicated? I believe a lot of them have worked years and years and years and become frustrated and may, may have lost their way, some of them, and others have become so frustrated that they just want to be left alone now. They've gotten older. Others are still out there fighting, but they we trip over and stumble over our ways again. We, we, we become that we want to be in control, or we're in charge, and our way is the right way, and we're not open to other ideas or new ways, because we're not going to get everything back to the way it was in 1776. It's not going to be exactly like that again. It never will be again. It was a time in our history that we can remember, cherish, and love, but it's not going to be like that in the future. We have to come up with a new way, a new solution, but we can model it under the foundations of what we know of what our founding fathers had given, has given, have given us and laid out as a blueprint and a plan, because we have the Constitution, the greatest document other than, I believe, the Word of God, so that we, if we go by and we understand it and we, we follow it, that will be okay in government because we have to have a representation. We have to have people represent, representing us because we don't know all, and there's no way we can solve all the problems ourselves. We have to have some sort of representation out there because we have a big country. We've got 50 states now. We have a world out there we have to deal with. So we have to have some sort of representation. We have to have a government out there that's going to uh, also restrain the sinful people out there that we have that want to hurt us. Because there is evil out there that wants to hurt us. We have other countries out there that would love to conquer us. Uh, we can go on and on and on here about all the problems that we face. But right now here in America, right now, there, like I said, I'm going to open up the phone lines first, phone lines first to Mike uh, with the Righteous Army there. And he's been doing a lot of uh, Zoom calls and uh, he's been on the podcast already a few times, and he's had a few discussions, and he got kind of criticized a little bit calling in from the Republic, and I particularly didn't care for that too much. Um, you know, I, I don't think people that call in here and have serious questions, and they, even if it's repetitious, should be bashed or should be insulted or told that, you know, their time should be limited. Their voices are just as important as all of ours. Yours or mine. Nobody is more important than the next man. Okay, and nobody should be should be silenced unless what they're saying is trying to hurt or offend or violate the common law rights of another human being. We should all have the right to to, to be who we want to be and take part in our system and our government here in America and in our republic. And that's what I've always offered on this show. No matter who you are from, what you represent, you could be a racist, what society calls you a racist, you could be uh, the Black Lives Matter people, I've had them on here. Well, you can be whatever part of society you want to be, and you have a right to have a voice on my platform. You do. And, you, you, you know, as long as, like I said, you don't offend or violate someone else's, you know, rights, uh, their right. Or, or or try to threaten or hurt anyone else. Won't tolerate it, don't condone it, and I won't condone violence. I won't have it. 
So with that being said, there's been some heated discussion lately with me and some members of the, the Patriot community over there in the Zoom room where we've gone over there in the militia uh, community and talked about these Article Three courts, these common law courts, and and I've done my research on it. Or, for instance, a traveling issue, uh, driving without a driver's license. Now, common sense says that you don't need a driver's license to travel. You shouldn't. But reality is, is you do, and that's what the law says here in, in, in America. And there's no Supreme Court decision that says you don't have to have a driver's license. There is Supreme Court decisions that says you have a right to travel, but if you read further and you understand what they're trying to say is that every state has a right to regulate it, and, and, and that's just the way it is. That's the legislative body and the de facto right now that, that controls us. Until we get back to the republic and be free on the land here, we're going to have to abide by the jurisdictional laws and statutes and codes of uh, Washington, D.C., the District of Criminals, I call them. Okay? And if you conflict with them and you try to break away from them, they will isolate you and they will put you in a concrete box for the rest of your life. Simple as that. It will happen. So you have to be smart. And you have to understand what's going on out here if you want to play in this game of of of... of Bad versus good, or good versus evil, or light versus darkness, darkness versus light. And really, we all should be in that fight, because we all want we should be standing up for what's right and what's good. So I'm going to open up the phone line here, and hopefully I said what I had to say here that people can understand and where we're coming from. So I'll open up the phone line first to Mr. Mike Stinger there. And uh, go ahead there, Mike. Welcome to the podcast as usual. It's good to hear your voice. Um, can you hear me okay? I'll give the floor to you. Yeah, I hear you, Joe. Uh, that was a great intro. Can you try something a little different tonight? Because um, I invited quite a few people myself. I'm not sure how many people you have on the line, but can you try to go through each one uh, initially before I even start talking? Just to let yeah, everybody know who's here. Yeah, yeah. They have so to we know press who's one. here and from where. Yeah, they have to press one on their phone so I know if they want to talk or not. Because cause some people call in anonymously and they just want to listen. You know what I mean? And I don't like to call upon them. Right, sure. And because no, you know, it, well, let me just yeah. let me just let me just say this: if if Daniel Johns is on, please press one. If Eric uh, Dingus is on, please press one. If Charles Stewart is on, please press one. Um, if George yeah. in Massachusetts is on, please press one. If Josh is on yeah. uh, from Wisconsin, Everybody. please press one. Everybody that wants to speak, yeah, press one, please. Press one on your phone, and I will put you on live. We got one that did it already, so uh, we'll go ahead. And the reason, Maybe and the somebody can't. I don't know. The reason, the reason I'm saying <laughs> ahead, that, Joseph, is so that, so that as I'm speaking, I may be saying some things that I know some of these other names I mentioned have even a better ability to um, articulate some of the issues I'm going to bring up. Um, and if I okay. know they're here, I'll pass on to them to, you know, Address it. Okay, sure, man. Um, so, sure, sure. Yeah. I'm always yeah, open so for something new. Why not? Uh, I got 414, area code 414 first. He's got his hand up. He's going to press one, so I'll connect him right now. So go ahead, or him or her, whoever it is. I don't know who this is, but the 414, introduce yourself, please. I'm Josh from Wisconsin. All right, Josh, hey, thank Josh. you for joining me tonight. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Um, I don't know if anyone else is on here who wants to put their hand up. You press one during the conversation, but uh, go ahead, Mike. I'll give you the floor. You can run the platform, Mike, and I'll just read out the numbers when they press one. How's that? Yeah, that'd be great. If anybody presses one, just let them introduce them and then who's on. Um, so that was a great intro, um, uh, Joseph. Um, yeah, I, I actually love that you're as um, – <laughs> 
Um, uh, let me just say, you know, stubborn or hard-headed or uh, dug in as you are with regards to, um, you know, we have to abide by, um, you know, the de facto and there is no getting out of it. I mean, I think it's great that you take that position. Um, obviously, me having studied much of David Strait, along with my son who's 30, who has, you know, uh, done his, his due diligence uh, researching everything he saw and, and validating it. Um, in fact, Josh, who's on the phone, who's going through the process now, isn't just going through the process like a blind sheep. He's actually listened. He's talked to David. He's a smart, intelligent guy that's known 20 years about this stuff, and he's been pursuing it with, with research and insights. So, and even Eric Dinges, um, you know, which for the record, Eric Dinges and Charles, I mean, the, the meeting we had the other night, you had to leave a little early, but I think Eric, you know, even to, you know, let me say it like this, you know, Charles at the beginning of the video even confessed, you know, that, you know, he wasn't sure about Eric and he was maybe 70% in, in, in trusting him. But by the time Eric was done talking, after you actually left and Eric was done talking, Charles actually was almost speechless and throwing two thumbs up and, and literally said, um, you are, uh, what was the word he said, stellar. He said, you're stellar, Eric. And that was from Charles Stewart, who himself is stellar on common law. So I think that, you know, the way I would kind of go back on your opposition to these possibilities would be to say really two things. It's kind of a two-sided coin. Number one is you have always been part of the Republic for the United States of America movement which, like many have said, has been going on for 10 years and, you know, can be criticized in the sense of 10 years and nothing accomplished, nothing being done um, and, and in terms of making really headway progress. To the contrary, we hear about people that ended up in prison and, and went their separate ways and they're aging out. It just it didn't work. That doesn't mean that it's not legit. However, having said that, I indicated on one of, the, one of your shows um, that – you know, even if it was an insult to any of the Republic people, that they're, 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 they're trivial, they're minuscule, and uh, far, far less important than the individual and the household and the community, um, which is the grassroots effort up um, thing that is ultimately needed. Like I said on my Zoom meeting the other night, Eric, Eric then just really says it perfectly, um, which you would concur with the statement, the only solution is standing up the republic. The question is, how do you stand up the republic? And I believe absolutely, um, while Charles, I do agree with Charles Stewart, that the ultimate authority is a common law grand jury trial that is um, authorized by the Constitution. It is legitimate. It is lawful. And it is the right thing to do. However, I think Eric even super, Eric's position supersedes because Eric's position is let's do, um, you know, really get our counties, um, you know, meaning the political people in those counties, the school board people, the mayors, the governors, the sheriffs, to all concur, hey, yes, we are an incorporated county, and yes, we have the lawful right to unincorporate and to create our own currency and to try to take back a, a de jure-based, you know, constitutional government where people's rights can be restored um, as opposed to their rights being uh, trampled upon based upon having privileges via the de facto. No, forget your privileges. We want our rights back. 
So doing that on a county-by-county county basis, if that was the first approach, which would incorporate a constitutional sheriff to begin with, and according to Charles Stewart, the sheriff himself can hold court, if you had, if you had a community like that, now all of that working together, the entire county's that way, they've got a constitutional sheriff, and they've got uh, common law grand jury um, trials, there it is. That, that, that community... It is absolutely a fact that a sheriff can deputize his citizens. It's absolutely a fact that a sheriff can keep feds out of his county. Those are real McCoy facts. Now, that would ultimately be the, the, the great solution. The, some of the conflicts I've been dealing with over the last several months in terms of trying to make sense of the Anavon Rices and David Straits and all of that, just to put that in, in perspective, where 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 Eric is about the county level, you know, even, even he'll say, you know, first God, you know, then you individual, then your household, then your, then your precinct and your county, and Charles agrees with that. Um, for all practical purposes, he's focusing on the county and on the leaders of the county because the people have to take it upon themselves for starters. But that's where David Strait is actually putting his focus. His, his, his concept is that, yes, you, you, you the individual – need to, to claim. Now, again, there's a little bit of discrepancy still that I'm trying to completely, you know, make clear for the benefit of everybody with regards to, you know, um, where people will have an idea from David Strait, especially, you know, going into this not knowing anything and just pretty much hearing what David's saying and, you know, regurgitating words heard from him, you know, a, an affidavit of repudiation, this idea of repudiating. Um, and then Eric comes back with, no, you can't, you can't, you know, repudiate your citizenship, but then they'll go in circles about what citizenship are we talking about, natural citizenship at your birth based on your state or 14th Amendment citizenship. And Eric will, will concede that, yeah, you can, you can declare your sovereign citizenship, which you have at birth, which of course makes sense, um, that it, it, within context of that declaration, You'd be letting, you know, you'd be making the statement that I deny and reject and and, and uh, do not accept um, 14th Amendment citizenship. Um, I accept my U.S. citizenship. And again, as you know, that's where a lot of people get confused: U.S. de facto versus U.S. de jure. Yep. But the yep. natural man, the natural man is born a U.S. citizen de jure. Um, so the the whole confusion. For a lot of people, well, for some people, there is no confusion because, yes, they're just followers. They will hear a quote-unquote guru, somebody that knows what they're talking about, who's been studying it for years, like you mentioned in your opening. They'll hear somebody like that, be blown away by it, and because they're blown away, they become a follower, almost like, you know, people that get sucked into a cult, right? they got a cult leader they follow so well, 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 okay, people, well, Mike, well, oh. Mike, just hold your thought right there, okay, because we're talking about something very important, your citizenship. For instance, like here in North Carolina, when the official uh, state website for North Carolina American Republic, a free people um, uh, reorganizing uh, the lawful state government. This was all done in 1997, actually. And just real quick, small paragraph, this is how you become a, a citizen. Uh, are you uh, prepared to be in a lawful state government? Just for instance, is to reestablish and repopulate 
manipulate the Constitution approved state of North Carolina. We, the people of North Carolina, have reestablished the state that was taken from us on July 1st, 1868 by the United States military as the end result of the Reconstruction Acts. These acts imposed on us a military dictatorship, an election, a method of changing our Constitution, and a Constitution all foreign to our organic law. Our Constitution, therefore, has been a dormant but not dead since that date. Okay, we are breathing new life into it, and 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 what what and then you asked me that question, uh, you know, uh, back um, uh, the other night when I was on the Zoom call, if you remember correctly, about you know uh, the uh, you know did I renounce or did I ever become a, a citizen, you know, and I told you I signed on a document on a on a dotted line, a big, big meeting in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where we reinhab years and years ago, and you know and. So what I'm trying to say is we this has already been done, what Eric is doing. If he's doing this in Tennessee, with all these different counties and whatnot, it's already been done with the republic. So why break away and do something different and separate, divide us, you know? The problem in what you just said is clear to me that you did it. You did it. You did it with the republic as the republic, which is, a, uh, you know, supposed, you know, uh, essentially taking the place of a federal government type you know, authority. It, it, mm-hmm. So the fact that you did that, I think what, what, what's, what is unfortunate is that nobody in the counties throughout the state under that federal uh, claim started to do their part to make their, to make their counties de jure. In other words, the, the process that Eric is actually doing in counties, had you guys did that and counties were following suit, Hey, Eric wasn't around yet. <laughs> he was back in his well, early we days of did, study. Well, we did, Mike. We did. We did actually. And if someone goes back to, for instance, this was challenged the jurisdiction issue. Okay, the North Carolina American Republic Citizens in Court page. This was all challenged where we went up against the de facto and said, "Hey, we're a parallel government running parallel to the the corporation," and and it was all shot down. The jurisdictional issues. I can't read it all, but the cases are there. See, they're actual cases, and this is what I always ask for when I talk to your guys on there. I want to see actual cases. Uh, and, and one case was in Macon County, and you go to 10 CRS 050-329, okay, and this is, North, uh, this is um, the state of North Carolina versus Isaac Hutchinson Birch, okay, and, and, and they outlined all this, what, the, the two different states, what had happened, the, the, everything, everything is outlined, and, and it was shot down. The court, the, the de facto will not recognize it. So when you start talking about we're going to set up Article 3, common law courts, it, they're not going to allow it. It's not going to be allowed right, me, in, right, in, in the corporation. Right. So, so here's what I just heard again. Um, what you just said happened in North Carolina? The opposite yes, North Carolina, Me- Mecklenburg. You, we, have a, we had a case in uh, Macon and Mecklenburg County. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, you know, there's several different cases where the people from the North Carolina, we all got together, hundreds of people, went to these courts and, and challenged them, challenged them. What, what I'm telling you is that what you said happened in North Carolina, the opposite happened in Texas because the Texas Supreme Court ruled that they are inferior to the de jure and the de jure prevailed as a republic. De jure republic. Is, there a case? So the opposite, is there a case there? Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know if I... Okay, well, we can go on that. Um, We don't have to take time now, but if you say there is, that's fine. It's just that I like to look up that stuff, and I would like to see that, because as of here in North Carolina, it did not happen. Yeah, Eric Dinges can cite that case. Um, He he did cite it for me, and I 
It's in my notes. Yeah, um, also yeah so he, he cited the other night, uh, what do you cite, uh, uh, Marbury versus Madison. Uh, yeah, that 1803. Okay, yeah, everyone, uh, yeah, uh, Miranda, uh, uh, the Miranda case in Arizona. Yeah, all those cases are fine, but all those cases, you know, were, were usurped after the Civil War. You know, so uh, I don't know if I got other people here who want to jump in the conversation, and they can anytime. Um, just put your hand up, please, or anybody that's on the line now. Uh, just push, press one on your keypad, press one on the phone, and uh, you can jump in the conversation anytime between Mike and I. Um, uh, I will say. So, I will, go ahead, Mike. I, I will. I will say this. Eric, by his own admission, started looking into these things some 25 years ago, and it wasn't until about four years ago that he started, you know, really kind of becoming active with it in courts and things and trying to move on it. And he's been doing that for the last few years. And it's only been for the last year that he's been going around doing what he's doing in the counties. And he said, okay. frankly, in our meeting, he said in our meeting the other night, he's, at a, he's prepared now. He said, and I believe him, that he, he feels confident that he can go up against any. The fact okay. Okay. Well, Kenny, yes, I wish he was on the phone line tonight, Mike, because I'd just like to read two paragraphs of this case right here. This is the state of North Carolina versus Amanda Lee Rose, okay? It says, on September 29, 2011, does your state citizen, Amanda Lee Rose, received an order from Judge Lindsay R. Davis, Jr. at Wilkes County, referring to her challenge of jurisdiction as frivolous and a waste of limited public resources. Among the many criticisms concerning Mrs. Rose's challenge, Judge Davis also states in, in his order that her premise is a false one with no basis in historical fact and lacking any semblance of legal merit. This order is the latest in an ongoing uh, case between the de facto state of North Carolina and Miss Amanda Lee Rose. Uh, Miss Rose's basic argument is the same argument that our other state citizens have brought before the de facto North Carolina courtrooms time and time again and is a question which has not been addressed in over 140 years. Was Reconstruction and the annulment of the original state of North Carolina a constitutional act? Is the state of North Carolina, which is currently being recognized today, indeed a de facto state? If so, we are... If so, are we as state citizens of the original state obligated to obey the laws of a state which is unable to prove otherwise? As it can be seen in the order and in the follow-up video, which is, you know, goes on and on and on. But, but basically they challenge this, the jurisdiction of, 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 what, of the overthrow of our, of our de jure republic. Right. And it's been challenged, right. at least so, here in North Carolina, and we lost. Right. So as you know, the states are all sovereign. The states are sovereign. So you're going to have some states that are more infiltrated by the communists. You're going to have some states that have more, uh, you know, communist Democrats running, you know, the, the courts and the system. You're, you're going to have some states that have more Republican and conservative type people like Florida and like Texas running those states. So you're going to get different results, which in a way is kind of stupid because the law is the law. You know, I mean, what's right is right. Um, of course, you know how that goes. The courts, it comes down to, you know, an interpretation. I think well, you're right. You're right, Mike. The reconstruction of our American Union has never been adjudicated. The, the, this is blatant but, violation of the Constitution and at the very root of our modern-day problems in America. You know, and really God it is. Thank God that you and I and others are bringing that to the forefront because, frankly, that's what needs to happen is this whole issue that we're all bringing up needs to go, and I'm sure will go, to the Supreme Court of the United States. 
um, to be settled. This is a matter that needs to be settled um, for all the states. So, um, you know, we're, we're all doing You're right. what we can to put direction. Um, and the more people we have pushing in that direction, um, the greater chance we have of prevailing when it goes to the Supreme Court, which, again, shouldn't be an issue because we're talking about constitutional-based issues that, that that's what the Supreme Court is there to uphold to begin with. That's their only job is to make sure that yeah. everything that's done by the states is constitutional. You're, you're right. And, and people went to the North Carolina Republic page. All the transcripts are there. Uh, um, uh, with the, the, our, our current governor, uh, Cooper, actually was the attorney general at the time, uh, uh, for the de facto I'm talking about, uh, was, was the one that went up against this, went up against uh, all these cases that were brought by the North Carolina. Now, other states also in the Republic went, did this, uh, and, and they were shot down. Now, I'm not sure about Texas. So I don't know what's going on in Texas. If I could look at that case later on after the show, that's great if, if, if that be the case. But I have not heard any uh, case I, in the Supreme Court. Yeah, I hope Eric pops in. I mean, I sent him another, you know, text. Have you seen any numbers? Yeah, I, I, don't, fact, I don't know if he is or not. If Eric is out there on the line, uh, press 1 on your phone, please, so we can connect you and have a conversation about this here. Okay, I think that's him now. I think, that, and, and, and then we still have, well, I think it was Josh, I think, also. From, uh, I think he said that he was yeah, on Eric, here, too. Eric is 806. Eric yeah, Eric's with us, I think, right now. Go ahead, 806, go ahead. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so wait, how much have you heard thus far? I, I just got on. I just got on. I heard right, okay. that. Just, just a quick brief, Eric. Um, you know, Joseph did a great intro, and there were some things I didn't concur about, and I kind of went over a lot of things that you and I have talked about. But the bottom line is that Joseph was just talking about how the state of North Carolina, um, you know, shot down this thing about them being sovereign. And I said, well, actually, what you said happened in North Carolina, the opposite happened in Texas. Um, for, you know, from what Eric told me, the Texas Supreme Court ruled that the de jure government was superior and that, at the, that the de facto was uh, sub, subservient. So if you can elaborate on that again, I know you gave some yeah, details please, on if you that. Don't mind. Yeah, in, in 1995, the Supreme Court of the state of Texas, the corporate Supreme Court, issued a want for jurisdiction in matters regarding the de jure republic of Texas which um, expressed the sovereignty. And, and then to go further, they took that case into the International Courts of Justice, and the International Courts of Justice issued a want for jurisdiction because they cannot deal in matters of sovereignty, only with corporate states of state. And, and okay, to so go why? A little further, yeah, go a little further, please, little, don't mind. Yeah. So even our legislator right now, our legislature right now, they're pushing through a bill to give Texas the authority to um, have a barter system and to use bullion instead of um, fiat currency. That's awesome. That's awesome. But, yeah. but, but again, uh, here in North Carolina, I'll just do it. It was only one small paragraph. So those that I know, I don't want to be repetitious here, but let me just read to you real quick what, what transpired here in North Carolina, uh, if I can here, if I can get it back up. But this was challenged. And 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 the fact of the matter is, is that it was it was it was shot down. So if in North Carolina, if it was shot down by the North Carolina Supreme Court, how do we go on? How do we go on? How do you how do you challenge it? Then the Supreme Court decision for the de facto is final, right? No, no, not a state Supreme Court. And you could take that to the to the federal Supreme Court because the the 
Constitution is a is a is a um, union of states document, and it is considered to be the supreme law of the land. So if the state chooses to be in the union, then they have to follow that law. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So I, I I understand. Okay. So, but now our conflict comes with this. I know we had a little back and forth there the other night on the Zoom call, and it is that the Republic, which, and Mike said it, the Republic's been around for all these years, and but the Republic uh-huh. has been re-inhabited. Okay. And how can we re-inhabit the your government? Because I have a military letter here that was from when the governor of North Carolina surrendered in 1868. And, and, and even though he, he did it in duress, and, uh, really, the Civil War would have to be fought all over again for us to, to go back and flip side of the Reconstruction Acts and get back to our constitutional du jour republic, right? I mean, because that's what it was really all about to begin with, wasn't it? Well, it was. It was about state sovereignty, um, but it, it, the Civil War wouldn't have to be fought again. I think there's a peaceful remedy in this. Um, you know, the... The Confederation of States outlines um, quite clearly uh, that the states have sovereignty. Um, in Article One and Article Two, um, it, 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 um, it, it basically lays out the fact that the states retain their sovereignty. And then there was a Supreme Court decision that was issued to um, Sheriff Mack in 1993 in regards to the Brady Bill. Um, that also outlined that the states have sovereignty. Um, so, okay. you know, I don't know what's going on in North Carolina. I would have to actually look at the brief and, and read through the, the documents, the court documents, to see what transpired and what the argument They're was all there. Court. They're all there on the North Carolina uh, Republic website. And John Ainsworth there was the one that brought this for the American. And this was done on... So it was on uh, September 29, 2011. It says that the Jure State Citizen Amanda Lee Rose received an order from Judge Lindsey R. Davis Jr. of Wilkes County referring to her challenge of jurisdiction as frivolous and a waste of limited public resources. Among the many criticisms c- concerning uh, Ms. Rose's challenge, Judge Davis also states in his order that her premise is a false one with no basis in historical fact and lacking any semblance of legal merit. This order is the latest in an ongoing uh, case between the de facto state of North Carolina and Miss Amanda uh, Lee Rose, uh, basic argument is, uh, is the same argument that other state citizens have brought before the de facto North Carolina courtrooms time and time again, and is a question which has not been addressed in over 140 years. Was Reconstruction and, and the annulment of the original state of North Carolina a constitutional act? Is the state of North Carolina, which is currently being recognized today, indeed a de facto state? If so, are we as state citizens of the original state, comma, obligated to obey the laws of a state which is unable to prove otherwise? That's a good question. Very, very interesting. Well, um, it sounds like that you've got a Supreme Court justice there that has been bought and sold by the, by the cabal, honestly. Um, no kidding. So, you know, that that's going to be a tenuous situation. Um you could um, again. I would have to see all of the, the the arguments. I'd have to see the the argument that she levied and, and, and the details of her case of her suit that she filed, because depending on how she filed it and how her argument was established, that can have bearing on the way the judge has to rule. So, 
there's there's a process that has to be followed, and she, if she deviated at all, um, then they're not going to take it very seriously because oh, they're not going to. Oh, yeah, no. She went through she went through the process. It's all there on the North Carolina page. Where I mean, they went through all the process, and we had several other state citizens too that uh, went up against this, uh, Roy Roy Cooper. He's the governor now, but he was the attorney general at the time in 2011. And you know, you got and it's all there: the motion to strike and dismiss, the appeal, the appeal brief, the second motion to dismiss, notice of appeal, state's motion to dismiss. It's all there. Order to dismiss. I mean, it's all there. The constitutionality of the federal overthrow of America's foundation is before the courts after 143 years. Uh, there was a big newspaper article written about it in the uh, in Raleigh in our capital. You know, are we a lawful state? I remember that. I mean, this is the battle that the Republic has been doing. And it's not just North Carolina. This happened in several other states, too. Now, Texas, I'm not sure about. But this is what, what you know, this is why I'm saying our resources and our groups out there around the, our country, we're all doing our own thing. And when we could be doing what Mike is saying, what we've been trying to do now is build that righteous army and come together and work together instead of working on the opposite ends of everything and criticizing each other, even when our opinions conflict with each other's way of doing things. You know what I mean? Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's, and, you're and absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and I, I mean, want, I just be taking place. Um, so what is that North Carolina Republic website? Do you, can, you, uh, um, can you tell me what you go to the uh, You go to ncrepublic.org. Okay. Uh, ncrepublic.org, and you will find it. And it's, there, and it's forward slash court records dot php, and, you, and it'll be there. But you'll see the official state website of North Carolina American Republic, a free lawful state recognizing the lawful state government. And uh, it's all there. It's got all the resources, the news, and everything that was going on back in back you know a long time ago. The things that we were doing. And have I mean we were having meetings with two three hundred people in Chapel Hill uh, one weekend, and then we were up at the Wrightsville building in Greensboro with another two three hundred people, and we put together these assemblies, and and that's why I get frustrated because I'm like we've done this man, we've done this, and what 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 people are talking about, and it just went nowhere, you know? Right. Yeah. And- right. Well, and that that can be the case in in, in many of the states. Um, you know, it, it's really a tenuous situation in several states. Now, here, here's the thing is, is by virtue of international law, it is unlawful to annex a, a state into a union or an agreement by bayonet point. Um, it, it does not. Well, yeah, you're just, right. That's just not the way it works. So, you know, I, I would think that it, at this point, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to take this into, into a higher court. Um, and, you know, there is no question on whether or not, I mean, just by the USC, USC 28-3002, the definition section, uh, states that the United States, all caps, is a federal corporation and not a government. And that's right off the Internet. That's off Yahoo.com. I mean, so they, 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 really, um, they really have no grounds um, for doing what they're doing. They're, they're acting unlawfully, and this is oftentimes what I talk about, is the fact that our government has been usurped by a corporation that is foreign controlled. And, and the idea of them allowing states to maintain or retain their sovereignty goes against the globalist New World Order agenda that they've set forth. And so your state is one of those cesspools, evidently, where, um, where your, your corporate structure is just not hearing um, the people, and, and, and yeah. the people retain the power. 
the people retain the power. The sovereignty resides in the people, um, and, and that can't be denied. So, you know, one of the remedies that, that's available in a situation like this, twofold, okay? First off is you can continue to fight in the corporate courts to maybe find, like, like you could do like Texas and take it before the international courts of justice, and if they rule a want for jurisdiction and they articulate it the same way they did in the Texas case, well, then it becomes um, – then it becomes pretty sound in the fact that the the North Carolina North Carolina is the all caps corporate state, and and that you are representing the de jure, which the republic. Therefore, they have no jurisdiction. Um, that's right. That's going to that's going right. to be a very complex um, route to take. There is a simpler route, and that is to work at the county level to reorganize your republic because. The state draws its authority and sovereignty through the county. And so if you can establish your county governments and and unincorporate, um, then you really control the day. You're controlling the conditions of the battlefield. Um, but well, I have a case well here. let me let me I, just say this real quick here. You see, de facto officers versus intruders. And, and if you go to uh, Coates and Cannon's NC local uh, local government law, they address this too. And they did. They were see they were this was this was published in uh, 2010. You know, um, and this is an example here. It says, last November, the voters elected a new town council, and to celebrate the victors, invited their local congressman to administer the oath of office. Several months later, some pendant uh, uh, pointed out that North Carolina law doesn't permit congressmen to administer oaths of office. And so right. the new board had not legally qualified for office. The board members quickly took the oath before a proper officer. But townspeople are now asking, what's the status of each of the actions the board has taken since the organizational meeting? You know, in fact, the board members, before they took the oath in a legal manner, were de facto officers. And as such, their actions remain a valid as if the board members had been de jure or entirely legal officers. The School of Government has just published a local government law bulletin that summarizes the law of de facto officers in North Carolina, which is available available for reading or downloading, and then they go on about it. And, and it talks about the case law, and the de facto doctrine is indispensable to the prompt and proper dispatch of governmental affairs. Endless confusion and expense would ensue if the members of society were required to determine at their peril the rightful authority of each person occupying a public office before they invoked or, or yielded to his official action you see basically they want to brush it underneath the rug they're trying to say that that what does it take place to become a de facto officer north carolina courts have joined the courts of most other states in recognizing four categories of de facto officers based on the opinion in an 1871 case from connecticut and it goes on about the four points and uh, whatnot and it goes back to where we're going to stay de facto and we're just going to go ahead and violate the constitution and what these constitute you know and that's wrong and that's wrong, but it how do we get a voice? Let, let me make a comment on that real quick, because as, as I was hearing you say that, Joseph, you, you, you almost have the wrong, in my opinion, kind of the wrong attitude about it. As you were reading that, I concur. They're right. If the people screwed up and the people didn't have their act together in the way that Eric is uh, recommending, which is dead on, um, then, yeah, the, it, it, by default, the de jure 
uh, I mean, the de facto is legit. Well, no, I mean, no, Mike, I was reading it from uh, a third-party perspective. Yeah. I was agreeing with well, – I'm agreeing with you guys and, and, and the du jour point. What I was reading from, as a, as a, as, as a constitutional scholar put it in the, paper, in, in the writings here from the Keynes NC right. Local Government Law Library. Okay, that's what I was well, saying. So. <laughs> but I got the impression that you were, that you were suggesting, especially even after how you responded to reading that article, um, that – it was kind of like, well, oh, see, you know, it's well, what they're saying is, Mike, is this. They're saying an officer hold. What they're saying is, is that an officer holds too many offices under the limitation on multiple office holding. Now found in article, uh, uh, what article is it? Um, I don't have it here, um, uh, but uh, of the North Carolina Constitution. In a series of cases, the North Carolina Supreme Court has treated persons in violation of the constitutional prohibition as intruders or usurpers rather than as de facto officers. When these cases were decided, the state constitution prohibited a person from holding two public offices, okay? And the rules were clear about which office was lost when a person was in violation of the constitutional limitation. And that's what I'm, my point is I'm saying is now when we approach the de facto and they say, well, we want to – now we're going we're gonna to re-inhabit the, the uh, de jure, they can't hold their office anymore. They can't dual office. They can't be dual. They can't dual. You know, you know what I mean. You can't hold office as a de facto and a uh, de jure. Am I correct? That, that's, you are. You are absolutely correct in that. Um, so you know. <laughs> so first off, you know, once you okay. So in a perfect world, you would already have your de jure government reoccupied, your republic reoccupied at the county level, and for that city council, when they did that, it would be real easy for the original inhabitants, the state citizens, to give a vote of no confidence and have them removed from office immediately. And, and even in the de facto constituency, if you could, if you could convince enough of the constituency that that, that that was fraudulent, that was a fraudulent action, and it just speaks to the ineptitude of the, the positions that were filled, they don't even know how or where or who administers their oath of office. Do we really want these people to be running our city government well, there's your vote of no Correct. confidence in their jurisdiction as well. So, you know, there's, there's ways to approach this. And at the end of the day, it's my argument that because of the current situation that we're in right now and because the corporation, the U.S. Um, parent corporation, is bankrupted and because that's been established and we are actually um, living under what's known as a soft occupation, then the laws of war apply and your protection under the guise of the laws of war and the U.S. The, the U.S. Military Code of Justice is that your your protector is the Judge Advocate General's office. And that's correct. And that was the conversation that was had when I sat down with many other people with the military. I remember Ron Paul was there. I just throw out a name that everybody's familiar with. Uh, and, and several other members of the military. Uh, we had a group of Navy SEALs that were there because they were going to offer protection to the, to the members of the Republic that were going to do. You know, all this was going, there was so much going on and, and things were costing money and they were talking about how they're going to have the dual currencies work because if you shut down the Federal Reserve, the printing presses, and shut down everybody's food stamp card you're going to have 49 million people in the streets rioting so what are you going to do you know you you know how are we going to go about doing this how are you we going to assimilate the, the the lawful government uh on the world stage again how can it be done you know okay. and, and everybody decided that 
um, the people, we have to go out and, like you're saying, go out and educate everybody at the county level, put together assemblies, get constitutional sheriffs involved, but it fell apart. The movement fell apart, and then the Obama administration attacked many uh, high-level people in the military and the uh, republic. People went to jail. People were murdered even, and people fled the country even, and, and that's what happened. And that's why I get frustrated when everybody starts talking. I think I come off the wrong way, and people aren't understanding where I'm coming from, but I'm like, this has been done. And, you know, so we're only – how can we do it another way, a new way, where it's going to pick up traction and people are going to get convinced well, I, and educated, I, I, you know? You think so. You say same guy, but, but Aaron, for all practical purposes, is the first guy that's really doing this on a county-to-county basis. I mean, I, I don't think you can legitimately tell me that you no, have even one count. Hang on, Michael. Let me back you up there for a minute. Obviously not, because that's that's what we were just hearing, is that, that North Carolina had already been attempting to do this at a county level, because that's what was discussed in, with their council. Um, you know, he, he mentioned Ron Paul. He mentioned Navy SEALs being involved. I mean, those two, you know, when you have, when you have de facto, um, when you have de facto politicians, people that have served in office their entire career that are on your side, and you have the military that's on your side, then um, and, and, and they're advising you to go out and educate. That's exactly what it is that I'm doing. In fact, I'm following the protocol, the lawful protocol for how to reestablish a de facto or the de jure government. And, and you can't deviate from it. In fact, this is what I argue with about, you know, in the patriot mythology movement, like with David Strait and Anna Von Reitz, you guys are out of your freaking mind. You're just going yeah. willy-nilly about a bunch of stuff that you have no concept or clue about. You don't even really truly understand the premise of the founding documents. And I would beg to argue that they've never even read the Federalist or Anti-Federalist papers. I agree. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. They, they, but I don't want to knock and smash anybody either because if we have to get along, at the same time, and anybody out there that wants, just real quick, I gotta let people know to listen to via the internet. Six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press one after you call in, and I'll connect you live to the conversation. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So you know, and, and again, I mean, I I only I only knock the fact that they're going about it fast backwards, right? I mean, that that's really my as far as what they're doing. That's really my main argument is they're going from the state level to the county level, which the only state in the union that has that authority is Texas. And the only reason we have that authority is because when we originally entered into the union, we were a legitimate foreign nation state, period. And we retained a lot of our sovereignty as a result of that. One of the sovereign, one of the, one of the, um, one of the things that we retained is our ability to secede from the union at any time. But unlawfully, we were forced back into the Union after the Civil War because that's the time that we were usurped by this foreign-controlled corporation known correct. as the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, You're correct. So You're absolutely I, correct. I think the county level is definitely the direction to go, and I think uh, if, you can build, if you can build enough of a constituency in the du jour republic of North Carolina – then, you know, again, the Judge Advocate General's office at that point has an obligation to protect you because you are the state citizens, you are the original inhabitants, and um, they would be bre- they okay. would be in breach of uniform military code of justice. That's correct, and those were many of the things that we discussed, I remember, in these meetings and how we – but we were not – they were not – 
And we just did. The people were just not ready. Remember, Obama came on the scene at this time. Everybody, oh, right. you know, uh, you know, and it was he, it was great change was going to happen, you know, and he, and everybody was hoodwinked for eight years, you know, and because uh, uh, they had the the racial utopia, you know, where one world, happy world, holding hands together, which was totally far from the truth of what was really happening, and. Uh, right. You know what I mean? So, and that's the problem we have because we don't have the media at our disposal. We don't have the corporate media, you know. Well, and then so that's what you do have. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but you do. Okay, so I know of a gentleman um, that is in North Carolina that has some financial wherewithal um, that might be willing to to lend something financially to your movement to help you to move forward because really. I mean, one thing that we miss um, as patriots, you know, we, we come from a variety of backgrounds, and, and we don't always understand marketing and platform and how to talk to people. And so sometimes it can be a bit of a turnoff in our approach. And so it really helps to be able to have some sort of a financial backing so that you can hire professionals that can market and build a strategy for marketing what you're trying to do. Because at Correct. the end of the day, we need to use the tools um, of our enemy against them, and the media is one of those tools. That's what I've always say, and I said that, and somebody brought that on. Remember, Mike, the other guy, Joe, came on this platform. He was he was in that field, and he brought that suggestion up, and that people from the Republic, just really that were from Colorado and whatnot, flipped on him, and they're you know they got aggravated with him. And I'm like, the guy is making a great point. You know, you have to get nobody knows what you're doing. They don't understand it, and your approach is coming off the wrong way, and people are splintering off, going another route, another path. And it's dividing us as a people, you know, and the patriot community in a whole. And that's not right because we're all out for the same darn thing, right? Liberty and freedom, you know, and justice right. for all. That's what we want. That's right. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. And, and, and it's difficult. So I, I, I'm not sure as to why you would have people from Colorado in your North Carolina Republic calls. Well, no, uh, that, no, no, no. It, was, it, it wasn't a North Carolina call. It was my podcast show. I, I'm worldwide. I oh, get people from Venezuela okay. calling in here. <laughs> you know, so. Okay. It, right. uh, I, <laughs> but uh, I, I think Mike well, remembers that call, actually. Yeah, see, but I mean, uh, uh, is Josh on here I, still? Is that his name Josh or somebody? Somebody, Mike? I know. I don't know who else you invited on here. I, I want Eric. Give Eric his plenty of time. But I just want to make sure that nobody's get, being ignored here. Uh, everyone, you know, that, just press one. Go ahead, four one four. You want to say something? Area code four one four. I I didn't know if he still. Yeah, I know he had his hand up, and I did connect him live. I didn't know if he wanted to speak or not. I just I don't like I like to give everyone you know time to speak I just uh, don't want to feel to feel like that people are not allowed to speak it's, we're unscreened uncensored so uh, it's just you know unedited but uh, uh, if I can just real quick here well I, this is this is eight minutes long and this pretty much outlines it too and this is what we established Eric back in uh, this plan that we had, the Restore America plan, and, 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 and we had all 50 states on board, and we, all 50 governors were served uh, with these letters, and, by, and there were grand juries put together. That's another thing that was the big uh, climax that we had on the Zoom call, the grand jury idea, putting together grand juries. And there's so much information out there, and uh, I just want to play this for, for you real quick, and then and then uh, you guys can have the floor again. Just speak, say whatever you guys say, uh, time permitting. And everyone, six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press the number one 
and you can speak. And add your, believe me, this is your republic, this is your country, and it matters. It matters what everybody has to say. So let me play this real quick and get your thoughts on it. Not the kind of freedom that flies the military's admiralty flag in its courtrooms and sends you to prison for failing to worship its symbols. Not the kind of freedom that sends you to prison for refusing to enter the bar. No, sir. Our colleagues have been willing to stand, fight for, and die for human freedom. Not the kind of freedom that classifies its own people as legal fiction entities in their books and records, distinct and apart from the living man and mocking his or her name. Not the kind of freedom that classifies you as terrorists under Section 802 of the Patriot Act by reclassifying you as a special class of legal fiction subject known as a U.S. person. Not the kind of freedom that forces you to confess to being a United States person simply to be permitted to place your money in safekeeping at a bank. Not the kind of freedom that has incarcerated millions of people and a greater percentage of the population than any nation on earth. Not the kind of freedom that supports banking institutions whose own books demonstrate that you are the source of the funds you purportedly borrow from them when you sign the promissory note. They deposit it on their books as an asset. They loan you back their own funds. They understand their own regulation state. They are not permitted to loan funds from their deposits, nor loan their own credit, and then they hide the journals, and the judges are complicit in not enforcing them or forcing them to bring forth those journals into court. Not the kind of freedom that sends your tax dollars to foreign money predators to fund your own enslavement. Not the kind of freedom that condemns you to the secret life of being a tenant on your own land according to your own deed. And that sends elderly, blind people, infirm people, helpless people to jail at the request of the banking institutions of this country. No, my friends, not the kind of freedom that secretly replaced law with equity in 1933 without a whimper from the federal judges. Not the kind of freedom that requires state permission to be married in the form of a marriage license, state permission to travel in the form of a driver's license, state permission to conduct business, your occupation, bring food and, and money home to your family by requiring you to sign up as a legal fiction subject class citizen on a business license subject to their rules and regulations, clearly, Clearly, the United States Federal Corporation has not changed its ways since my offer of three or four years earlier. And through its own actions, through its own arrogance, and through its own ignorance of its own history, they have cast the die. The sovereign people are back, and we are coming for you. We will be re-inhabiting the original du jour lawful, notice I didn't say legal, lawful and proper institutions of governance that have been preempted by illegitimate incorporation, and we will do it all in the next few months, lawfully, peacefully, quickly, quietly, 
nonviolently. The era of corporate servitude is over. And all we need to make it happen is a handful of you in every state to stand up and be reckoned with. And we will do all of this, folks, relying upon the one thing that the United States rarely demonstrates, the one essential ingredient of this process, forgiveness in our hearts. We will follow the lead of Mandela and Gandhi and Martin Luther King, and we will welcome each and every man and woman who has blood on their hands back into the good graces of mankind in honor and service to our Father, because judgment is reserved to him. And we will do that upon their repenting their crimes against mankind. That's all we ask. We will not seek retribution. We will not take actions that cause uh, unrest, disturb the peace, disorder, or provoke violence. However, and take note, we will not tolerate trespass on the de jure institutions of government when they are re-inhabited any longer. You only get one chance at repentance and forgiveness. And I tell you this, friends, in my many discussions with many people over the years, I know for a fact that we will not be alone. Thousands of public servants have been quietly awaiting the moment when the sovereign people awaken and reclaim their birthright to dominion over all the earth. They will be our partners. They understand we are coming to rescue them as well. We are coming to rescue their children and their grandchildren and their posterity as well as ours because the posterity belongs to all of us, to you, to me, to everyone in America. And it must and it will be restored if we are to fulfill our destiny our grand destiny, the destiny that we have been charged with by high-ranking members of the military, by others around the globe, and all the eyes are upon us, the destiny to avert the rapid march to World War III that is being orchestrated by global powers so they can cull the herd and fulfill their taste for blood and human sacrifice. And we will succeed. The era of the Cylons is over. And we can put fire into that proclamation. You are an army of Neos. You have been awakened. There is no turning back. And we the people declare it to be so. Folks. About a year ago, high-ranking ability, as I've mentioned before, made us a truly remarkable offer. If we would undertake certain specific steps, they will recognize our lawful authority as the one true only de jure government of the people, and they will follow our orders. They are tired of taking dangerous orders or orders that bring their colleagues and friends and their military family into harm's way around the world for reasons they are aware 
are to enrich the pocketbooks of the banking cartel terrorist families of the planet. They are tired of taking orders from a corporate CEO who has no legitimate place in governing the United States of America. And I don't mean the United States Federal Corporation. I mean the United States of America united under, under the sovereign people. So we took that challenge, and we crafted most carefully and meticulously the Restore America Plan. Okay. All right. So what do you, what do you think about that real quick, Eric? Yes. Well, I want to say here, here, that is something that I can get behind. In fact, I think for the first time in a long time, I feel inspired. <laughs> that was All right. Yeah. I mean, that was good. Very poignant because, you know, I, I'm going to tell you from being in the trenches as long as I have that that is very accurate. Um, it is very accurate, and I do know that the military is going to support the civilian authority in this. Um, there, there's no question in my mind in that. That's why I quote, the, you know, the UCMJ, the law of war. That's why I talk about Trump's executive orders. Like him or not makes no difference to me. The executive orders that he put on paper set the stage for us to be able to take this action that we're taking now. And, and that's the path forward because – Injustice, the whole thing about justice is justice is based upon God's law. And in God's law, there is forgiveness, but there is a time limit on that forgiveness. And they Correct. do have an obligation to act, and they need to act quickly when we step up. So one thing that it made me think of is that right now um, it may be time – to possibly adjust strategies a little bit. And the reason I say that is because we have a rare opportunity. The Republicans are in control of the House. And because the Republicans are in control of the House, I think if we were to build a coalition of sovereign men and women, people that really understand the essence of the documents that we stand on, and we were to go before the House, before a, a committee hearing, I, I believe that we could have a great impact. I agree. I agree 100%. Mike, go ahead. Oh, well, you know, as usual, I'm the guy that always says he doesn't let nothing get by him. And I appreciate Eric, you know, um, bigger for what was said, but I, I always seem to catch the red flag. And, and to me, um, you know, it was, a, it was a red flag went off in my head. I mean, overall, everything the man was saying is great. I agree with Eric. But uh, the uh, one red flag for me was when he says, Basically, he, he indicated some sort of a compromise that we don't even know what it is. In other words, it, the military said to us, if we'll do certain things, then, you know, they'll go ahead and work with us. Um, you know, well, well what, what, are the, what are those certain things? What are we forfeiting? And the second aspect of that is knowing that de facto is the New World Order, One World Government. <laughs> knowing that the military is the New World Order, One World Government Agenda. Knowing that well, the, well, 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 he addressed that at the end, Mike. He addressed that at the end. They're tired of they, – they, they don't want to be a part of the New World Order. No, there's, the people of the military are just one faction of this, Mike. Right. Uh, let me finish my, my thought on it. I'm just saying, for me, knowing that there is a New World Order, One World Government Agenda, and I know what that's all about better than anybody, at least as good as who knows it the best, um, knowing that they – have infiltrated 
our government in the United States over the last hundred years, and they own and control it. They own and control our, our, our elected government officials, whether they're Democrat or Republican. Um, yep. Sure, we like to hope that we've got some, some you know, good people that hold office, whether it's Democrat or Republican. It's generally people center and left are going to hope that would be Republicans. But to fall into the so quickly or easily as Eric kind of did there too, you know, we've you know we've got an opportunity because we have Republicans. I mean, I, I don't see that as as a as a you know an a statement I would agree with because I know that the whole political system is corrupt and our corrupt. Our, our politicians have been bribed and bought up and paid for by the very new world order, one world government people that own our our, our government. So at the very not least, every single one though, not every single right. person, you know. That's right. And there right. is a chance for forgiveness and repentance. And if Sadly, I could clarify, just a moment. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. You know, repentance. Even David Strait talks about that. I, could, I think yeah. I could bring some levity to some of what Mike said. So, so, Mike, the compromise that they're talking about is the path that we're taking right now, and that is the reestablishment of the du jour republic. Instead of just going willy-nilly and getting militias together and going out in the street, right, that's the compromise, is instead of having an armed insurrection or an armed conflict, a civil war, a revolution, we utilize the, the laws of war, the rules, and, and push forward, and they'll recognize. I think that that is the compromise, because in the past, you know, I've been in this for a long time, and in the past, that hasn't always been something that has been agreed upon or even understood by the, by the sovereign movement. I can tell you firsthand that there have been people that have been mad as hell and willing to sacrifice their lives and their families' lives for the reestablishment of the republic. But that can't be the approach that we take in this because, That's you know, correct. regardless of whether we want to admit it or not, there are a lot of politicians that are not sold out. And our legislator in Texas is a prime example of that. I mean, think about what I said earlier. Our legislator is talking about a bill that gives Texas the right to go away from the fiat dollar and start to use bullion, start to use trade goods, whatever we choose to be a lawful exchange. And, and that right there, I mean, that says it all. Um, why else would they be doing that if they didn't know what we know, if they didn't see the writing on the wall like we see it? The U.S. corporation is defunct, it is bankrupt, and if we continue to allow it to be the de facto, the government of the day, we will find ourselves in a situation that no one can imagine and no one wants to see their families have to suffer through. That's true. That's 100% correct, correct and accurate because they are leading us into that one world order and that global government. Now, the military as a whole and an objective, you know, they're sitting back, you know, yeah, you're right, Mike. They're following orders or the person in the chat room. You're right. They're following orders, but that's what the military does. But the military doesn't have to follow unlawful orders. But they're not going to stick their neck out if the people of our country and like us are sitting out here, you know, on our fat asses doing nothing, you know, and, and not standing up for what is right. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And I, I can attest to that as a veteran. And also I can attest to that because I know, I know veterans across this country from senior ranking officers to senior NCOs that we have these conversations when we're sitting around drinking a beer 
uh, eating tacos. I mean, this is the conversation of the day. In fact, most of the senior cadre, the, 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 the commissioned officers and the NCOs that are, that are close to me and, and respect me as a man and value my friendship have warned me over and over and over again that, you know, you're taking up the sword. And you have to be very careful in how you take up the sword. You need to be lawful. And, and Mike, I've even expressed this to you. When I sat at a lunch table um, across from FBI agents, the takeaway from that lunch meeting was as long as everyone remains lawful, there is no issue, period. That's right. Um, That's correct. So if, if, if the civil authority, if the de jure republic civil authority stands up and issues directives, I can almost guarantee you, unequivocally, without doubt, that the military is going to follow suit. And I have witnessed this firsthand in San Antonio. I took a case where a a veteran was incarcerated unlawfully without due process. I went to the Judge Advocate General's office there, and it took so much as a phone call. That's it, a phone call, and the man was released the next day. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good, a good example that you just used right there. And that was a perfect example you used as the talk of the day. Sitting around, these guys are just like us, you know, these men and women, and, they, and, they, and they're talking, and they're like, wow, this, this, that, wow. Well, I wish the people would stand up. What are they doing voting this person into office? You know, and that's the conversation. But we're out here watching football, watching basketball, worried about the Super Bowl, you know, and, 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 and instead of paying attention to what's going on. And, and, that's, and that's why we do these podcasts, that's why you do your meetings there, Mike, and that's why Eric's doing what he does, and that's why Charles does what he does, and that's why, because they're a, we're a different group and breed of people out there that care about the other side, but nobody's listening, and it becomes frustrating, you know, and at least exactly. we think nobody's listening, you know, and, 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 and it's frustrating. Let me, let me throw another question up for Eric, just for clarification on things. Um, so, Eric... I'm always lauding, and, you know, I agree 100% with your position and everything you're doing about the county. I mean, that's the way to go, get all the counties to start standing up to your, um, you know, unincorporating. Everything you're doing, man, uh, you know, it, it's just spot on. Um, on that note, we need more Eric's. And, Eric, um, you know, I like to consider myself, I've never told this to Eric, I guess I'm telling him now for the first time, I mean, I like to think of myself as being a, a – uh, uh, an apprentice, you know, under Eric, and, and you know, will one day be as, maybe not quite as good as him, but, you know, pretty close, and we need more people like that. To that end, um, I think Eric has put forth his own effort to put a website together to help people on some of these issues, but, you know, all frankly, the way my mind works, Eric, is I would try to, you know, I have this very succinct step-by-step kind of way of thinking um, you know, that's how I did my music teaching for years. What's the absolute number one first thing a person should know? Okay, what's the very next absolute best thing a person should know? Right, blah, 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 step by step. Um, so, you know, I would, you know, take an approach of trying to get you to help me personally to understand that. You know, what's the first thing I should read, digest, and understand? What's the first law, the first code, the first whatever? Um, and try, you know, I could put that in some kind of a format. And but, Mike, there's different facets, same. Mike. 
Mike, but there's different facets of the Patriot community that are not going to be like Eric, you, or me. They all have their own individual talents and ways and about them. That's what makes us go around, you know, and that's where we get to individualism, but at the same time, we have to have unity, and we have to come to each other's aid. There's people out there. That's why I brought that up the other night. People, you know, what about these guys that are locked away? What about these people that are out there suffering or running up against the New World Order or being a fall? Falling victim to the system and itself, just by just by living or just trying to live their life. Where are we? Why are we not backing them up? Why are we not coming together? You know, yeah, we don't have the funding of the of the of the New World Order or whatever you want to call them, the Jesuits, Jews, or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we don't have the you know. But if we could put together our our little hundred dollar bills and federal uh, little pennies and whatnot and nickels, and we come together, there's enough of us out there to make a dent and 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 fund uh, the the good side against the evil side and, and usurp them and then flip it over and make it a righteous uh, uh, republic again, yeah. you know, a lawful republic. Let me ask my question. I, I didn't ask my question for Eric. Eric, put some context, if you will, on understanding, because sometimes I'll say, you know, yeah, well, you know, the Republic for the United States of America, which I've brought up with Eric at times, and, and, you know, we never really discussed it much. But since that's what Joseph was mainly involved, sometimes I'll if we it would if it would be considered not really a criticism but I and not to belittle but I'll say if anything they're 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 the least important because they represent that concept of a federal government the most important are the people the individuals and the county the local jurisdiction and then the state and then the feds so I I, I make that comment often but if you can maybe shed some light on putting in perspective the significance of that you know, Republic for the United States of America, James Geiger, and all the, you know, people that stepped up to try to fill the billet, um, and weigh that against with the county. We don't which, have to, me, to have James Geiger or them, Mike, and that was one of the points. We don't have to have them. It's up to us, the people, to have the, the, to appoint our representatives and uh, uh, locally and whatnot, even nationally. You know, it's up to I, us I to step what, up what and I'm do getting, something. I know what I'm getting at here is I'm trying to – Maybe I'm wrong, but even going to the earlier parts of this discussion on a lot of things you were saying, I sometimes feel like, yeah, Joseph, you know, that's because you're jaded and opinionated based on this, you know, Republic for the United States of America thing. But really, the way to do it is the way Eric's doing it, county to county. It's it's like, um, you know what I mean? It's it's a different thing. It's a different approach. I just want Eric to kind of add okay. his thoughts on so I think you know that, the, I, I think you're both right. Okay, it, it's an, and, and the biggest thing that we need to be focused on in the Patriot movement is unity. Okay, the Republic for the United States of America is that is the grand prize. Okay, and the 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 states are second runner up, and the counties are third runner up. You know, but the thing about it is is from a true starting point, I think the county level is where it starts because that's where our sovereignty is divested as we the people. And that's where we hold authority as constituents because we can control what happens in our county a lot more than we can control what happens across the United States of America. And so it's not that I'm right or that I'm wrong. It's that we all need to be working in our own lanes in unison, but pointed to the same goal, and that is the restoration of our grand old republic, the United States of America. 
because you know the last thing like I'm 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 in, I'm you know I'm Texan, and and we talk about secession. Our legislators talk about secession, and and you know frankly, sometimes I'm not opposed to the idea, but at the end of the day, I swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America and the inhabitants therein, and that's where my heart always ends. I don't want to see Texas separate from the Union. That's, that Correct. would be disastrous. That would be disastrous for us as a, as a nation state. It would be disastrous for the rest of the Union, and it would make us a sitting duck for the rest of the world. Because, I, that is good so, that you're on that page. That is so correct, yes. Yeah, I mean, we represent one of the largest parts of the military in the United States of America. That's why we have the largest population of veterans. That's why we have so many bases. That's why we contribute so much to the military. And, and without us, the union would fall apart very quickly. I can almost yeah. guarantee. I mean, there's a point in time where we represented um, the 10th largest economy in the world. And, our and it makes you wonder why that, they're allowing the border down there to fall apart the way it is, because that makes a very interesting point. Well, it's because they, they want to destroy us, because in Texas – we have authorities and, and abilities that the rest of the union states don't have, and so they want to dismantle us. They want to destroy us. And, and honestly, our governor is, is the biggest shill out of our whole body politics. Our attorney general's decent. Our secretary of state's pretty decent. Our legislators are decent. Our representatives are decent. The problem we have is our governor. And, and he is an absolute New World Order still. He's bought and paid for, guaranteed. Uh, because if, yeah, he wasn't, yeah. if he wasn't, then he would know his constituent base, and he would be taking a stand against this, and he would be doing so lawfully. Because the people in Texas would get behind him in a New York minute. I guarantee it. I see it every single day. Every day. So. And you brought that up earlier, Eric, about Republican-Democrat. And then the Patriot community, then, then you get the opposite side. They oh, Republicans, they're the same thing. Yeah, but they're the ones that really are in control right now, but, and we're trying, to, but we're trying to offer them a different way. So if we have to usurp them, look, how did they infiltrate us? How did they usurp us? So we have to kind of flip the script and do the same thing in a way. That was always the way I always tried to attack it or go about it is, you know, is try to put some people in office that have that values of the Republican du jour form and try to, you know, get us in there and then, you know, tell these people this is the way we're going to start doing it. You know, you try to we got to flip the, flip the side, like side of the coin over to the other side because otherwise we're heading downhill fast. And, and, that is, and we're already that there, is. actually. That is a big part of the puzzle, is we do. We have to start to be able to occupy the de facto offices so that we can pave the way and open the door for the de jure offices to be able to take their lawful authority. Yep. I mean, yep. It, it really it, – it's a multifaceted, multi-front. And, and, see, this is what most people don't understand. You know, I, I'm – <laughs> Not that this is a blessing, really, but maybe in this situation it really is truly a blessing. Sometimes God's blessings are not always how they appear to us. But um, being a combat veteran, most Americans do not understand the battlefield. And, and, and our battlefield is very dynamic here because we are we're in, a, in a very tenuous situation. In fact, this is the fifth-generation warfare that you often hear talked about. And it's a multi-front 
Um, it's a multi, fast moving, um, very calculated battlefield. You have propaganda, you have electronic warfare, you have biological warfare, you have nuclear warfare, you have conventional kinetic warfare with small arms, you have the people in the street, the civilian population, you know. I, when I say people in the street, I'm referring to the patriots um, and the patriot movement. Yeah. And then you have the civilians. Um, and, and, and it's dynamic. And so we have to understand the nature of the battlefield, and we have to play accordingly to our strengths and weaknesses. In fact, the greatest thing that we can do is build unity because across the board, that is our biggest deficiency is a lack of unity. This individualism, this I yep. mentality that Americans yep. have seen yep. to develop. It's not bad to have when you're dealing with your household, but when you're talking about your body politic, it is absolutely the problem that we have in the body politic. Yeah, well, look, at, look at how they got us. iPhone, PC, uh, personal computer. Everything is designed and engineered through the marketing scheme employees of these people to think that way. It's me, me, me world, right. like you said. Yeah, that's exactly right. Even down to the religion. I mean, they, you know, Lucifer is very crafty, and and I go always will go back to that. Our enemy is the devil himself. Um, the devil yeah. is very divisive. In fact, uh, Paul Harvey, um, when he said, "If I were the devil in 1964," that radio broadcast was probably one of the most poignant things ever spoken in our country, next to Kennedy's speech where he talked about um, guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. I mean, we, we as Americans, we have to recognize who the enemy is. And the enemy is divisive and uses divisiveness to suppress us and to keep us as slaves. Yeah, and, 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 and the one person brought, brought up in the chat room, you know, that's they, right. The de facto co uh, corporate officials, uh, they do. The branches uh, answer to the Federal Reserve and the bankers and, and are all in control. You know, uh, like the Rothschilds did say, I, uh, you know, I, he says, I, um, as long as I'm in control of the money, you know, I care not who makes the laws, you know. So, you know. Yeah, David we, you know, <laughs> yeah. so we have David to, Walker. yeah. Yeah, what a, what a piece of crap. You know who's worse than that is Colonel Mandel House. He basically spelled it out. In fact, I've got it here somewhere in quotes, and I'd love to share it if you just give me a minute. Yeah, I go ahead. Track it down yeah. And share you it look for you that. Here. You look for that. And uh, 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 414, you, I'm going to be getting ready for closing thoughts here. So any uh, uh, closing thoughts and anyone else we did have, we had a, a full board here uh, of callers and but uh, I guess they were just listeners which is fine you can call in and listen I know many people listen through the internet because uh, they and this show does go on iHeartRadio and uh, Apple Amazon we're all on those cor big corporate uh, places so the show is on there um, so you guys will hear your voices whoever calls in on those uh, platforms so um, we're on them all um, but uh, Mike you want to say something or talk real quick well, I want to say something I've been sitting here listening this is, this is Joshua Wisconsin um, uh, you know I, I really like uh, and I, I'm definitely privileged and honored to be a part of this group you know and, and this definitely gets into you know what's in my heart you know and, and things I've listened to um, I I like what Eric's doing a lot. Um, what, what, one thing I really want to strongly caution Eric on is is going against and, and, and talking bad about even Anna Van Reich. You know, we, we've proven that she's she's a fraud, okay? But nobody needs to talk about it, you know? And 
and like um, Davis Strait, you know, he's he's doing the same thing you're doing. He's going to he, uh, like 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 uh, you're saying, he's going a, a different way, his way of doing it, you know. And really, you know, we got to get everybody on board, and everybody has a different way of getting on board. And and for me. It's a David Strait way of getting on board, you know, because so, it's hard for me to follow, you know, what, what should I do? You know, I'm not going to sit here. I don't have time to read the law books and know all this stuff and, and know all the ins and outs, and, and everybody's got to be an expert. Well, if everybody's an expert, then they're going to start critiquing each other, how they dot their I's and how they cross their T's, and, well, that isn't right. You know, there's always something to argue about. And, and like you're saying, we need to stop doing that. That's what we need to stop doing, you know. I, I, yeah. I love what Eric's doing, and and, and I defended Eric the other day when the whole room was going against him, and then everybody stopped and shifted and started supporting him, you know, because he, and, and the reason I did that was because he wasn't attacking David Strait that day. You know, I was like, hmm, maybe he's got something going on. Maybe he stopped doing that. But here he is again, you know, just, just quit. I, I really want that to end, you know. Yeah, and well, well yeah, like, and I, I was a part. I'm a part of that too. I've, I've attacked Eric a couple times in the Zoom room, uh, but that's just me, you know. Uh, but but I only do it. But he's got a good shield. You know, puts up a good shield there, you know, and uh, defends himself well, and that's great. Because look, you know, and, and my and my criticism is this: it, at the end of the day, like I opened up today's show, uh, it's all about all of us coming together and working together. And sometimes you gotta pick at somebody to see what they're all about, you know. And uh, at the end well, of the yeah, day, well, trust me, there. I got your back. When he's in the conversation, yes, but but yeah. constantly behind his back, you know. No, I'm not for that. Yeah, he's I in agree. The conversation, absolutely. Let's go at it. You know, I'm for yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I would relish in that honestly. In fact, Mike tried to facilitate that, and David hung up on the call. But I, I, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I do take a defensive posture, and it's because they have made personal attacks against me. They have, they have levied accusations against me personally, and I, all I want is I want to have a good, honest, clean debate about the accusations that they levied against me. So, and you're right. I apologize. I shouldn't be attacking people, but like all men, we all have our, we all have our buttons that if you push them, we're going to get upset, and, and the David Amen. Strait yeah. and the Von Rice is my issue, and it's only because of personal attacks. And I'll, and, I'll, and I'll articulate it now, again, just for this audience and this call. You know, the one thing that they do is they get people started on the path to freedom, and that is invaluable. And I will never, ever, ever argue that that's a valuable thing. Um, my, my arguments are very pointed and have nothing to do with what they're doing other than the fact that there's better ways to do it maybe. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that under advisement, and I'll try my best to stop attacking them. Um, okay, I did that's good. I did find the Colonel Edward Mandel House quote, so if I could just share okay. this real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, okay, so Colonel Mandel House is attributed with giving a very detailed outline of the plans to be implemented to enslave the American people. He stated in a private meeting with Woodrow Wilson, the president from 1913 to 1921, very soon, every American will be required to register their biological property, that's you and your children, in a national system designed to keep track of the people and that they will operate under the ancient system of pledging. By such methodology, we can compel the people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as a chargeback for our fiat paper currency. Every American will be forced to register or suffer being unable to work and can earn a living. 
they will be our chattels property and will and we will hold the security interests over them forever by operating of the law or I'm sorry, by operation of the law of merchant. Under the scheme of secured transactions. Uh goodness, my screen went dark. Give me just a second. Under the yeah, that's okay. Okay, uh, under the scheme of secured transactions, Americans by unknowingly or unwittingly, unwittingly delivering the bills of lading, meaning the birth certificates, to us will be rendered bankrupt and insolvent. Secured by their pledges, they will be stripped of their rights and given a commercial value designed to make a profit, and they will be none the wiser. For not one man in a million could ever figure out our plans. And if by accident one or two should figure it out, we will have in our arsenal plausible deniability. After all, this is the only logical way to fund the government by floating liens and debts to the registrants in the form of benefits and privileges. This will inevitably reap us huge profits beyond our wildest expectations and leave every American a contributor to this fraud, which we will call social insurance. Without realizing it, every American will unknowingly be our servant. However begrudgingly, the people will become helpless and without any hope for their redemption, and and we will employ the high office, which means presidency, of our dummy corporation, meaning the USA, to form it, this plot against America. Now, that's the end of that quote, but I'd like to add that when Woodrow Wilson left office, he wrote a letter that said, I am the most unhappiest of men. I have sold my countrymen into a corrupt scheme that will control them for generations. I've sold my fellow countrymen out. So yeah. this is what wow. we're up against. I mean, it is uh, yeah. ungodly. It's, uh, evil. Evil. It is. Now, I want to say it's ironic that you read that, Eric, because just today I saw that video. I'm on the Internet and downloaded it and was going to send – I'm going to send that out actually into my email list tomorrow, exactly what you read. It, it is absolutely evil, evil bastards, man, and that spells it out. Big time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, well, welcome, Sarge, to the chat room there, Sarge. I was wondering where the heck you were, you've been at there. We had quite a good podcast here. Uh, we only got a few minutes left, uh, but uh, uh, um, we're going to closing thoughts here. I don't know if you got anything you want to add there, Sarge, but uh, call in by all means. Um, Mike, you want to go close, closing, closing thoughts? Give everybody a shot here to take a few minutes, say whatever you got to say, let it all out. Go ahead, Mike. You want to go first? Yeah. Um... Actually, I would um, I would go back to um, kind of a second thought I had on the earlier question I had for Eric in terms of you know the the republic. Um, Eric, I, basically, you have the republic for the United States of America. Basically, what their position is is you know, hey. All we need is 30,000 people in every state to step up and fill the billets and have all the people, and, and, that, uh, and, and then everything's restored. In theory, my understanding is that they're of the position. In other words, let's say right now everything you're doing is county to county, which is great, and I agree with that. It's grassroots bottom up. It makes the most sense, and it takes maybe longer, but you're going county to county. We get more people start doing that. The counties start going. That's definitely a bottom-up thing. 
and and they're becoming, you know, uh, you know, under the, you know, de jure system, constitutional system by doing that. Whereas um, the republic, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's basically what they'll say is, well, if 30,000 people in every state will step up and make us the official de jure government, um, all the people in all the counties will automatically be that. Uh, if you could shed some light on that, whether that's true or not, or how that would, you know, play into well, it. Um, yeah, they may automatically be that. I don't know. I mean, that that's debatable. It is debatable, and it is something that needs to be discussed. But you know, um, talking about the process is not really slow. I mean, I've been you, you know I've been in Tennessee since um, mid September, and here we are in November. And I've got 16 counties with a 17th stepping up right now that are reestablishing their du jour body of government. And between the 4th and the 8th, I'm going to be meeting with a county each, each day to be helping them to stand up. So there's eight more stepping up. So is it really slow? Because I would beg to say that the people need to be able to take their authority back in order to feel valuable again and in order to have their voice heard. And the only way that they're going to be able to do that is at the county level. Regardless if we stand up the whole Republic of the United States of America simultaneously or not, the people have to learn how to exercise their voice and be a part of the body politic again. And so that's why I take the approach that I do. That's correct. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I think I got. Uh, I think I got uh, Sarge maybe on the line here. Let me add him. Add him real quick. Go ahead, Sarge. You want to add something here? Yeah. Unfortunately, I got here too late to hear what was said tonight. But I would like to apprise you of something that I think ought to be of concern to everyone, no matter how unlikely it is to prevail. Uh, there's been a lawsuit entered against the United States Armed Forces on behalf of the Lambda foundation uh, and there are three plaintiffs in the lawsuit isaiah wilkins a 23 year old black gay cisgender man carol cole a 32 year old latina transgender lesbian and natalie noe a 32 year old cisgender straight woman of indigenous australian descent living in california these people are saying the united states armed forces is illegally discriminated against them because they will not allow them to enlist because they are HIV positive. Because as we all know, nothing says combat readiness like a whole cohort of people whose blood can literally infect their fellow soldiers if it gets splattered on them or if they uh, uh, donate it to the wounded. Nothing says yeah, yeah. combat readiness more than that. Just thought you ought to know. Incredible. What Incredible. an atrocity of justice. I mean, even as yeah. the word goes, it just sickens me. Um, you know, for first off, there's a reason why the military was had great reservation at allowing homosexuals into the military in the first place, and it's because any man or woman that's been on the battlefield knows that when you involve emotion, soldiers do erratic things, and that costs people lives. And so that was the, you know, it's the same argument about having women on the battlefield. It's been a long haul. You know, it, it, it's very tumultuous. These are tumultuous waters. But to have people with HIV in the battlefield, I mean, give me an absolute friggin' break. That's disgusting. 
That's well, remember we uh, started out with don't ask, don't tell, and the next thing you know, we had to allow homosexually married people into the armed forces. Now they get dependent allotments and everything else. So this is just a natural progression. But after all, well, epilepsy, asthma, long-term medicine use, physical deformities, missing appendages, bad vision, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, heart issues, diabetes. They're all bars to enlistment. But guess what? That's if right. you're a recruiter, you're not even allowed to ask someone about their HIV status. And you got to wonder to yourself, why is that and all of these other things are valid bars to enlistment in the first place? You've got to ask yourself that essential question. Because the NWO controls our military, and they set these kinds of things up so they can further degrade our military. It's just that's the Well, that's right. That's right. In fact, I'd like to share, I was part of the first co-ed basic training that the Army ever had in its history. And let me tell you, it was a free-for-all. It was fornication everywhere. I have never seen such disgraceful behavior in my entire life. In fact, it really turned my stomach. You know, my family's been in the military for generation upon generation, and it just, I, what a disgrace. What a disgrace. Wow. Uh, it probably wow. still no, no, is, let me, and they let me, express the information about it whenever they can. Yeah, yeah. I want to piggyback on what Eric said, because um, I was on board the USS Mount Whitney in 85, 86, 87, all male, um, you know, on the ship. And 20 years later, I was cruising to Miami Beach with my son. I looked across where all the, you know, big cruise ships are at, and I saw my ship. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I said, hey, Josh, that was the ship your dad was on. I turned around, went over there, and um, they waved me through the gate and told me to turn around. But when I got to the end, I told the guy, yeah, he told me to go on. So the guy waved me to the ship. I went on to the ship with my son. Um, you know, they ultimately came after me and had me come off with my son, and there was a bunch of police cars waiting for me at the bottom. But when I was on the ship, when I was on the ship, I couldn't believe all the women I was seeing on the ship everywhere that weren't there when I was there. And I'll be honest with you, yeah, if, if, especially at that time, um, not now, being who I am now, but at that time, yeah, if there was women all over the ship, not only could I imagine it being done with all kinds of other people, but, yeah, there, you'll, you'll make opportunity. You'll find places and hidden little places on the ship and, and all kinds of absolutely fornications probably galore to this day going on all of those Wow. Ships. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, just recently it was in the news that between 40 and 60 percent of women in the United States Army cannot pass the basic physical fitness test. Now, that information came out about a year, a year and a half ago, and it's been quietly hushed up ever since. I ain't heard nothing about it since. That The numbers have not improved, and for God's sake, the fitness standards the Army established when I was in, on active duty anyway, were not established to keep women out of the armed forces. They were established to keep the men who couldn't hack them out of the armed forces. Now, but all of a sudden now we're supposed to ignore it and pretend it isn't relevant and it really doesn't matter. That's yeah. Right. I got a question for everybody on the platform here tonight that I'd like to maybe put out there maybe in future uh, uh, podcasts. And then, uh, Josh, I'll let you do a closing thought there. Um, is there anything in the, in the horizon for a gathering or a, or a community-level uh, meeting with the militia community uh, nationwide or statewide, Mike? You think that we should maybe try to set up in the future, or, or what do you think? Or I just throw just throwing it out there, people's thoughts and opinions. Some people frown upon it. Yeah. Uh, some others I think it's a great idea. Yeah, let me come on that real quick first. Um, just today, Eric, I spoke with uh, Ralph Moore for about an hour, um, and Ralph 
indicated that he has, first of all, he knows the absolute. Eric has recently got me on a more laser focus. As you know, I've taken an approach from the beginning. I'm just reaching out to the American people in general, saying, hey, man, everybody who's of like mind, come on, step up, and let's start organizing county to county, state to state. Eric's got me um, where, yes, I've kind of revisited my own approach, where now I plan on really contacting whoever to the best I can, whoever the actual authorities are in each state that supposedly are those leaders for militia. Um, and Ralph's going to help me do that in Florida and I believe in some other states. Um, he said it for the 21st. Um, I'll be forwarding everybody the link, but we're going to do a Zoom meeting with um, all the primary militia leaders in Florida, as well as the leaders of uh, three or four um, organizations that Ralph mentioned to me that were um, along the same lines of what Eric's doing as far as, you know, taking a lawful county approach to, you know, getting their counties, you know, in order. Um, so that's going to be just give you a heads up on that, and I'll send the link out um, to specific people, uh, not to my own entire list on that meeting. Hallelujah. Um, I, I'm yeah. actually in the process of organizing a statewide meeting in Texas in January so that I can bring unity to the diverse groups in our state because we are, are blessed with many, many patriots that are in different avenues. And um, so this meeting that takes place, on, on is it going to be the 21st of December? Yeah, 21st. Uh, no, uh, I believe, uh, wait, what's the date today? What is today's date? Today's the 21st uh, today, of November, I believe. It's the 22nd of November today. 22nd. Okay, oh, yeah, so I guess it's for the 21st, yeah. 21st of December then, yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I'd love to be in attendance to that. And, you know, of course, I'm going to be having a face-to-face conference in Texas and uh, and trying to bring everybody to the same page. Of course, there will be militia groups represented as well as people that are trying to reestablish the lawful government in Texas. So, um, I, I go. This, yeah, I think this is a good a good starting point, and I'm so glad to hear you saying what you're saying, Mike. Not that I, I want you to follow my direction, but I think if we're all pinpoint and focused on the same um, same approach and, and, and working towards unity, I think we're going to gain ground um, that has not get, been gained before. That's right, and uh, uh, that, that's right. Josh, Josh, you want to have uh, closing thoughts here? I, I'm, you're the silent one here pretty much tonight. Uh, you want you have anything to say here at the end? I pretty much said what I had to say. I, I like being a part of this, and I'm privileged and honored to be here, and, you know, I'm just following along, you know. I don't really know. I've heard this stuff, and I, I think these things, but, you know, how do I practically apply it? I'm a truck driver, so, hmm. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, well, you always got a voice on the on this platform, and uh, you're always welcome, and it's good to have you, and I appreciate you joining in tonight, I really do. Uh, thank you, and God bless you. I mean, uh, and uh, be safe out there on the roads and truck drivers. Yeah, very important uh, aspect of our uh, country. Um, awesome, uh, Sarge. You got anything else you want to add here tonight before I give it to Eric? Uh, yeah, I'll try to get in earlier next time so I can make a comment of what you guys. Yeah, been man, talking that's about. an order. <laughs> you hear that? That's an order, man. Yeah, <laughs> All right, hey, you know I love you, man. He's always a good part. He's been around here a while on the podcast. Always contributes good stuff. Uh, Eric, go ahead. Closing thoughts, man, to tonight's podcast, and I'll get ready to wrap it up. 
Yeah, closing thoughts. Well, that, you know, industry is an important aspect of America. And being a trucker, um, you know, being a carpenter, being a plumber, all these things are very important to our our national security and the success of our nation. And any of us that are in a profession like that, I urge us to start speaking to our our, 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 uh, our our, co-workers. what would you call them, our our, our brothers and sisters. We'll just call them our brothers and sisters that are in shared professions because I think in those communities we're going to find like-minded people very, very easily. And unity is the name of the game. Nobody has to be an expert, but we do have to have a consensus and we do have to have a voice. That's right. That's right. And I think, Mike, I'll give you some, a, couple, a minute or two again. I know you guys have a lot to say, but uh, well, maybe, maybe you'll feed off of this. I think that sometime in the spring, because time is a factor here, and a lot of people are uh, you know, pressured over that, the time factor. And, and I think that maybe by the early spring, you know, we should probably try to organize some sort of a national uh, community gathering or something. Just not where we're you know, doing anything. Just talk about things for, and everybody or representatives from the states, each state or something, something along those lines where we can put together a plan where, like I like you saying, start off locally, but then, you know, we're going to have to eventually look at the uh, national spectrum and, and stage. You know, and we've got to get together a plan, and we've got to start moving in, and moving forward here positively, peacefully, of course, lawfully, uh, always. Never condone violence on this podcast, but definitely, and, we, and you're so right, um, we have to come together. We have to we have to reason with each other. I know everybody's got their different ways of doing things and, and I and we, we argue or or I want it my way and our personal uh, traits and, and, and ways about ourselves, we kinda kinda put them aside sometimes and listen to what the next man is saying. But Mike, go ahead, you got something else you want to add? Yeah, on that point actually, um, Joseph, when I was talking to Ralph today, he and I concurred that you know, all these national movements are, are not only seemingly by design to keep people divided, um, but they all national movements have a tendency to be tyrannical in nature, right? Because they're like the big guy and they're trying to give all the orders. Um, you know, and examples have been made about that, you know, with regards to Anna. Um, again, not, not to bash like you were saying earlier there, Josh, um, but, you know, the, some points have been brought out um, not only by Eric but others that, you know, there's a tendency um, for her to almost act as if she's, you know, God. Everybody has to <laughs> answer to her, you know, um, the queen, yeah. So that's why, number one, that's why um, Eric's, what Eric's doing is absolutely the, the perfect model. It makes the absolute most sense. It's, it's bottom, you know, up, grassroots up, Um but, again, national movements all have, you know, a tendency to be tyrannical in nature. So I told him, I said, what we need is to, like, sandwich it in from the top down and bottom up. So we really only need one national movement, but that one national movement is pointing to all the bottom up. Yes. Yes, that's right. They're not trying, which which I, I, I say that's what my movement is, Righteous Army, because we need a righteous army, and it needs to be nationwide, and I'm always saying it has to be bottom up. So that's I consider right. myself to be the one and only national movement that's going national, but all for the benefit of trying to get everybody on the local grassroots to move upwards in unison. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, hey, guys, I want to say thank you so much for joining me here tonight, man. Awesome conversation as always. And this is great. And this is what it's about, connecting voices from across the country and around the world to, to, to have one common cause in mind, and that's to restore our republic and uh, – 
be free, man, free. You know, that's what it's all about. It really, it is. God bless the republic, and uh, you guys be safe out there, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you. God saved the republic. Our fathers appealed to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. Our fathers said they would treat all men equal. When they did not, heaven saw. Heaven saw. Our fathers fought each other and paid a great price. Father Abe kept the Union, but not the Republic. We forgot the Republic and placed our trust in man and suffer oppression. We appealed to heaven. What did heaven do? Heaven heard. Heaven heard. God saved the Republic.